welcome to the ministry of Bishop Alan Kuna. He is the founder and general overseer of the vibrant Jubilee Christian Church globally, a thriving assembly of several church branches in Africa, United Kingdom, Canada, and the U.S. of A. His vision is to teach, train, and equip the body of Christ with the word of faith so that the believer can live a victorious life. He is a shepherd, a prolific author who spent down numerous life-transforming books, a dynamic teacher, an authentic mentor, pastor to pastors, and a conference speaker whose ministry has impacted millions around the globe. His numerous books, teachings, and newspaper columns have challenged the thinking in the body of Christ and beyond with outstanding outcomes. Bishop Alan Kuna is happily married to Reverend Kathy Kuna, and together they are blessed with three wonderful children and three grandchildren. His is a story of grace to grace, lifting through submission to authority and mind transformation. There is no enchantment against Jacob, neither is there any divination against Israel. For the Lord has said, look what I have done. With a standing ovation, ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome the visionary of Jubilee Christian Church, Bishop Alan Kuna. You may sit on your enemies forever. Pastor Eric, you know you spoke about Singapore. And uh, you spoke about Africa and Singapore. And, and do you know in 19... When, when Singapore got its independence, I believe it was 1965, when Singapore got its independence, Ghana gave Singapore... I think it was a million dollars. A million dollars so that they can really begin to grow their country and, and really progress. Ghana gave Singapore about a million dollars because from 1958 or coming all the way to the 60s, Ghana was one of the most prosperous nations in the, in the world. Gold Coast. It's coming back. I say it's coming back. Somebody say amen. Oh, come on, put your hands together like you really believe it. It's coming back. Greater is coming back. Better is coming back. Awesome. Amen. The last time I was here, you know, I told you that uh, we buy Swiss chocolate. I have a grandchild. I have three grandchildren. And uh, one of my grandchildren actually is, is now back home together with uh, my daughter and my son-in-law. They were living in Australia. And when they come home, the first thing I do is get Swiss chocolate and give to this beautiful granddaughter. But I always tell her, actually, my son-in-law, one of my other son-in-law is Swiss. And I always tell them, never call this Swiss chocolate Swiss chocolate. Because Switzerland doesn't have one plant of cocoa. All this cocoa is from Ghana. And now they take our co cocoa, they go and make chocolate and call it Swiss chocolate. Where is cocoa in Switzerland? It's not there. Somebody say amen. And I'm so proud of you guys because now you have put your foot down and you've said you'll be making your own chocolate. And every time I'm flying out, I go by the airport and buy chocolate from Ghana and take it to my wife and say, this is Ghanaian chocolate. Somebody say amen. Now, in line with that, I'll be talking about that because we're in the conference of prophetic destiny. Are you ready for me? All right, let's, let's go back and look again. Uh, again, and I'm going to take time on this scripture because it's, it's foundational and important. We'll see how God takes us back to this. The Bible says, as it is written, 
First uh, Corinthians, sorry, First Corinthians. I'm sorry, First Corinthians chapter two and verse nine to fourteen. I thought I'd given you the text, but it's First Corinthians chapter two, verse nine and fourteen. Chapter two, verse nine, all the way to verse fourteen. I'm reading from the King James version. The Bible says, "As it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, neither entered the heart of man the things that God, the things which God has prepared for them that love Him." Verse 10, but God has revealed them to us by his spirit. For the spirit touches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, saith the spirit of a man which is in him. Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Verse 12, now we have received, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God. That we may know, we might know the things that are freely given to us. Which things we also speak, not with words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Verse 14. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them because they are spiritually designed. May God bless the reading of his word. Let us pray. Our Father and our God, in the name that is above every name, I want to thank you for the opportunity you've granted to me to share the word of God. I thank you because the entrance of our word bringeth light and understanding to the simple. And I ask that in the name of Jesus, Father, today there shall be a realignment taking place. That God of heaven, indeed, you shall position us to walk in the fullness of that which you purpose for us today. Thank you for this gathering. It's not in vain. Thank you because you brought us together. Because you want to say something to us concerning our prophetic destiny. And Father, I line up with the vision of this conference. And I thank you because the grace that is resident in this house. Indeed, I flow under that grace. And I thank you because something amazing is about to happen in our lives. Thank you for those who are watching me online. Thank you for everyone that is in this place. For we pray this in Jesus' name. And somebody say, Amen. God has an agenda on the earth and has given you and I the power of attorney to execute the will of God on the earth. And to see that the will of God is accomplished in our spheres of influence. You have been brought into the kingdom of God for a time such as this. And it's our great honor and privilege to work side by side with God to bring his agenda to the fullness. So what God has already done, and notice I said what he has already done, is that he has, when you were conceived in the womb of our mothers, he equipped us with the necessary gifts, talents, abilities, and capacities, which are the tools and instruments required to bring his divine agenda to pass in every sphere of influence, or what I call our ju divine jurisdiction. So our, our prophetic destiny is not a matter of making a choice, but rather is a matter of discovery. So prophetic destiny is not chosen, it is revealed. And that is why, like we read in the Bible, that although eye has not seen it, ear has not hardened it, as it entered the heart of man, the things which God has prepared for us, the Bible says, but they have been revealed to us by His Spirit. For the Spirit of God searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. Please understand, child of God, that you are, you are equipped already with what you need to affect your generation and to move your generation into the place of experiencing the fullness of God through you in your sphere of influence or in your divine jurisdiction. 
And therefore, it's critical for us to understand that already purpose has been wired within us. The will of God has been wired within us. What we need to fulfill our assignment is already uh, wired within us. And what needs to happen now is come to a place of discovery. And not only a place of discovery after we discover, then we need to sharpen those gifts. We need to sharpen those gifts, enlarge our capacity so that we can continue having greater impact in our sphere of influence. Let me say that not everybody is called to the pulpit. In fact, statistically, statistically, only 3% of the Christian church is called to preach. Only 3% of the Christian church is called to preach. The rest of the 97% of the Christian church is called into what I call, or what is called the marketplace. It's what it's, we are called into the marketplace. Therefore, you need to uh, get to understand that if you're not, even if you're not called into the pulpit, you need to be positioned in the marketplace. Somebody say marketplace. All right. Now, the same anointing and the same grace that Pastor Emmett needs to be able to minister to us on the pulpit is the same anointing, the same grace that you need for you to function in the marketplace. It's critical for you to understand that. And please just write, uh, if you can write some few notes down, it will be a blessing so that you don't forget what I'm saying. The same anointing that you, I need to preach, the same anointing that prophet needs to prophesy, is the same anointing that you need to be able to function in the marketplace. May I also dare say that the gifts of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, the nine gifts of the Spirit, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, the word of, the word of prophecy, the gift of faith, interpretation of tongues, the gift of uh, uh, spirit in tongues and so forth, are also released to the body of Christ, not so that we can be able to function with them in the church, but so that we can function with those gifts even in the marketplace. What am I saying? That by reason of the anointing of God upon your life in the marketplace, you should be laying hands on the sick and seeing them recover. Can somebody say amen? You should be operating in the word of knowledge. So when somebody comes to your saloon, you can be able to give them a word of knowledge right there as you make their hair and as you make their nails. Can somebody say amen? And therefore, it's critical for us to understand that in whatever area we are called, we need to be able to understand that we need the anointing of God. What is the, uh, you asked me what is the message, what is the topic of the message? Uh, it's Prophetic Destiny Summit number two. What is the anointing? Write this down. The anointing is divine empowerment by the Holy Spirit to do divinely appointed assignments. The anointing is to be divinely empowered by the Holy Spirit to do divinely appointed assignments. The anointing is divine enablement proceeding from the Holy Spirit, proceeding from the Holy Spirit to produce supernatural results in your place of assignment. In your place of assignment. What is the Holy Spirit? What is the anointing? The anointing is divine empowerment. It is divine grace. It's divine empowerment. It's divine enablement that comes from heaven by the Holy Ghost. So that you can be able to accomplish what it is that God has called you to do. Now, not everybody is called to the pulpit, but all of us need to be anointed. Not everybody is called to the pulpit, but everybody needs to be anointed. Somebody say amen. Some of you are called in the area of finance, commerce, and industry. Some of you are called into the area of governance and politics, also military. Some of you are called into the area of beauty and fashion, even entertainment. Some of you are called into the area of academia, establishing schools and colleges. Some of you are called into areas of psychology and counseling, advising people and mentorship. Some of you are called into property development and estate management. 
judgment. Why am I enumerating this? The reason I'm, I'm enumerating them is so that you can find yourself and know where it is that you are called. And please understand that your divine assignment, your assignment, your divine destiny is not a matter of choice. It's a matter of revelation. It's entering into a place where God reveals and opens your eyes so that you can see what it is that he has called you to do. You will never fulfill your, uh, you'll never enter into your place of designed divine greatness until you're able to define your assignment and walk in your assignment. Are you still here, child of God? I said, are you still here, child of God? This is, these are important things. Why? Because it's through your assignment uh, that the kingdom of God can be established in your sphere of influence. Do you realize that Jesus uh, Jesus never preached the gospel of salvation. He preached the gospel of the kingdom. Because what God was looking for was not people in church. He was looking for people who are in church and going to the world to establish his kingdom. Am I communicating? So when Jesus began to preach, what did he preach? He preached the kingdom of God is like. The kingdom of God is like. What was he saying? He was saying after you get saved, you enter into a nation. You enter into a kingdom. You enter into a government that operates in a certain way. Such that we don't have to be fighting on the pulpit or for the pulpit, but we can know that we are called to go out there in our sphere of influence. If you're in academia, you, you're a teacher, you can be able to use that grace and anointing. Even as you enter the class, as you're teaching mathematics, one plus one, there's an anointing on your life. You don't even need to say the Bible says, but by reason of the anointing of God on your life, you can begin to bring a shift in the atmosphere and those students who are struggling with pornography and drug addiction, that pornography and drug addiction can be broken by reason of the anointing on your life. Can I get an amen from somebody? Are you still here? Or if you're in the area of governance, and this is what Africa needs. Because ladies and gentlemen, let me say something, man of God. In Africa, we are trusting God for revival. We are praying for God to move in a big way. But our revival will not be of any use if revi spiritual revival does not end up in social transformation. Let me say that again. If our revival doesn't end up in social transformation, all we'll do is speak in tongues but go back to poverty. Are you still hearing what I'm saying? And like you alluded to, thank you so much, man of God. Like you alluded to, look at Africa. Look at Africa, my, my, my people of God. Africa, man, the, the wealthiest continent in the world. We are the people who are resourced. We have the resource of raw materials and we have the resource of a budging youth. We have young people who can work. 70% of Africa is below the age of 25. And yet we are running away from Africa, riding on boats on the Mediterranean, dying in the Mediterranean. As we are running away from Africa, the richest continent, uh, the richest continent in the world. Why? It's because we don't realize, especially as a church, that we have a responsibility not only to have revival, but also social transformation. In Africa, our churches are packed. In Africa, I tell you, do a revival meeting. The other day, we had a preacher, last week actually, we had a preacher come to Kenya. And over 70,000 people gathered in this meeting. 70,000 people. Amazing. Wonderful. We are praying for revival. I told you yesterday that we just elected a born-again, spirit-filled, tongue-talking president. That I had the privilege to lay hands on just for, uh, four days before he was, uh, he was voted into office. But I told him, sir, we are not expecting you to go out there and speak in tongues uh, and 
prophesy we wanted to bring such short transformation. We are tired of poverty. We are tired of Africa being ashamed. We are tired of running away from Africa, right? Trying to make our livelihood all over Europe. The day for Africa to arise, that day has come. I say that day has come. I say that day has come. Somebody shout, yeah. Are you still here? Sit down, let's talk a little bit about, about this. Because you see, our, 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 our revival, speaking in tongues, and all that is good. I believe in it. In fact, I do a lot of that. I do a lot of that. Especially because uh, for me as a preacher, praying is not even about just fellowship with God. For a preacher, praying is work. It's part of my work. It's part of my job. It's part of, a, it's part of my job description. JD. It's called JD. You know you have a JD? When you come into ministry, if you're not ready to pray, if you're not ready to study the word of God, look for something else to do. Because it's part of your JD. <laughs> but after I speak in tongues, I want to raise a generation. Hallelujah. Talk to me now. A generation of tongue-talking people who will go into the corporate world, who will go into the military, who will go into academia, who will go to a beauty and entertainment and begin to bring a shift in those areas in line with the will and the mandate of God. Can somebody say amen? So the prophetic destiny we are talking about here, we are talking about a prophetic destiny where God begins to lead you in your area of influence with such an anointing, with such an anointing that wherever it is you are, you be able to enforce the will and the mind of God in your sphere of influence. Somebody shout amen. Now, why is the anointing necessary? Let me just tell you. The Bible says in the book of Isaiah chapter 10 and verse 27. Isaiah chapter 10 and verse 27. Look at what the Bible says. Give me Isaiah 10 27. Isaiah 10 27. I'll show you why the anointing is important. Are you in Isaiah 10 27? Please give me Isaiah. Isaiah 10 27. And it shall come to pass that his burden shall be taken from off your shoulders and his yoke from off your neck and the yoke shall be destroyed. It shall not be broken but shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Pastor Eric, there is rising a generation of believers who will be so anointed that when you step into the marketplace by reason of the anointing, generational spirits that have sat on that company will be broken because of the anointing that you carry. Today, in the name of Jesus, I am speaking a release of the anointing of God God upon this service and upon the people of God so that wherever we step in we can break yokes in Jesus name somebody say amen I know tomorrow is our anointing service but even before we get there I want to prophesy there is a release of the anointing of God upon your life today put your hand on your head and say anointing oh come on somebody shout anointing oh come on somebody shout anointing I am trusting God you shall be so anointed that you won't even need to say in Jesus' name. Just by your presence, spirits shall begin to disappear. I say spirits shall begin to disappear. Somebody say amen. Lift up your voice and shout anointing. Sit down for a minute. Woo! I'm enjoying myself in open heaven in Jesus' name. Open heaven temple where the anoint where the heavens are open. Somebody say amen. Woo, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Somebody say anointing. Ghana shall hear of you. 
Oh my God, let me try it on this other side. I say, Ghana shall hear of you. West Africa shall hear of you. Africa shall hear of you by reason of the anointing. Somebody say amen. Ghana shall hear of you. England shall hear of you. Japan shall hear of you. USA shall hear of you. Canada shall hear of you because of the anointing. Oh, the days of Africa, shame are coming to an end. Somebody shout hallelujah. Sit down, let me prophesy. Prophet, I believe that in our lifetime, I say in our lifetime, we shall see Americans queuing in the Ghanaian embassy to get a visa to come to Ghana. I say in our lifetime, they shall be queuing in the Ghanaian embassy to come to Ghana. Somebody say amen. They shall be queuing to come to Africa. They shall be queuing to come to Kenya. Somebody say amen. Sit down for a minute. How, how did they get where they are? They got where they are by the blessing of God. When their hearts turned towards God as a nation and began to send missionaries around the world, God turned back and blessed America. When they blessed Israel and they stood behind Israel, God would turn back and bless the nation. Because whatever it is that you see in America, it is not hard work. It is not how ingenious they are. It is the blessing of the Lord that maketh rich and add no sorrow. And I want to announce, Africa, we can all be praying the way we are praying. And then we just end up in shame. There is gonna be a revolution in the spirit that ushers us to a place of grace. Somebody say amen. Sit down. I say, I prophesy, Pastor, in our lifetime. I said in our lifetime. I say with our lifetime. Especially because of the way they have gone crazy. Americans have gone crazy. Nowadays, you, they have gone crazy. In fact, one of the reasons why I sit down for two minutes, one of the reasons why my kids are back to Kenya is because suddenly their daughter would go to school and start to be told it's okay as a girl to fall in love with another girl. <laughs> My daughter said, let me come back home. <laughs> because the work I have to undo every day. She was told, don't come here and say daddy and mommy. Because some kids here have two mommies or two daddies. You say my parents. Now let me ask you. A nation like that, where is it going? To destruction. But that's why we have to keep on praising God. Let me tell you, the way we praise God like today, and that praise, I tell you, even that lady, whoever she is, it was awesome. We cannot praise God like that. And then remain broke. No, the blessing of the Lord has landed on us. I said the blessing of the Lord has landed on us. I wish I could get 30 people. Can we just give God a prayer? Sit down for two minutes. Somebody shout, I'm anointed. Somebody shout, I'm anointed. Woo. Ah. And that's why I, I want us to pray. I'm not done, but I want us to pray when I'm done. In a few minutes. I have about 35 minutes. And, and let me tell you something, Prophet. Uh, 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 Prophet Eric. Pastor Eric. Hallelujah, Pastor Eric. By the way, I got to know, and there was a time you were very dangerous in prophesying. I don't know. I'm going to discuss that after that. Too much, huh? <laughs> Hallelujah. Do you know even me? I was like that. Very strong. Amen. Then I decided I'm going to build the church in the word. 
But now I need to go back there. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. Because there's something powerful about the gifts of the Spirit. Hallelujah. There's something amazing. Somebody say amen. In fact, pastors, and I'm going to talk with you tomorrow. God never intended us just to be preaching with examples and diagrams and charts. No, no, no. Signs, miracles. And yeah. Somebody say amen. Why should people go to which doctors to see miracles? No, they shall see those things in church. I say hallelujah. And I know here it's already an open heaven and those things are happening. Come on, clap your hands and give God praise. Somebody say anointing. We're going to pick up from there tomorrow, but this is what I wanted to say today. The Bible says we are his workmanship. Somebody say his workmanship. His workmanship. Actually, another translation says we are God's masterpiece. That is to say when God was putting us together, he took his time. He took his time to make sure that exactly the way he wanted it to be for your generation is exactly the way you are. So there's nothing about you that needs to be added on. You are exactly the way God intended for you to, to be. And God already has what has already put in you the gifts, the talents, the abilities that you need to affect your generation. All right. After putting those gifts and talents in you, the next thing that God does is that then he pours his anointing on you so that you have, you have the gift within and the anointing upon so that by the time you enter into your generation, you can unlock the heavens for your generation. You can unlock, you can bring a change by your, by your, by your, uh, for your generation, by the gift that you carry and by the anointing that is upon your head. So that now, because the anointing, one of the things the anointing does is that the anointing makes you courageous. The anointing makes you bold. The anointing makes you stand in your generation and refuse to be moved by principalities and powers of hell. Can somebody say amen? The anointing also helps you to begin to address the social means of things that, that in society that are out of place. So that you can bring a social transformation and reformation. Am I talking to somebody here today? So God has gifted you, not so that you can speak in tongues in church only, but so that you can step out where you are needed. And by reason of the gift that is within you and the anointing that is upon you, begin to bring a restructuring of an entire generation. Am I communicating? I said, bring a restructuring of an entire generation. So what Africa needs these days is after we have prayed in the mountains, after we have fasted for 40 days, after we've done all these nice spiritual things, we then go out into the marketplace where we are supposed to be the light of the world and the salt of the earth and begin to shine the light of Jesus in our generation to bring a change. Can somebody say amen? We need to build schools that are full of the anointing. We need to build businesses that are full of grace. We need to be able to be property owners that when the people come to our houses to rent, we have prayed for those houses. By the time they check in there, they don't even understand why they are getting saved. They get in there and the anointing begins to bother them. Can somebody say amen? Uh, so when God gave me some apartments in Nairobi, you know what I did? I took time with my wife and we fasted and prayed and we said when people come to this apartment may they have an encounter with God and we have our testimonies of people who have had an encounter with God can somebody say amen I am not just anointed as a, as a preacher but also as a businessman I'm anointed, as a father I'm anointed, as a grandfather I'm anointed and no devil in hell can take me out God is just beginning with me. Who am I talking to today? God is just getting ready to use you. Somebody shout hallelujah. 
Now sit down for a minute. I want to talk to you. Hallelujah. So whatever is out of place in this city and in this nation, please stop pointing at politicians. Politicians don't have a solution. Let me try that again. Politicians don't have a solution. Because some of the politicians are not even leaders. They are just noise makers. They are greedy with their own interest. And they manipulate people to get to their place of being leaders. But just because you're a politician in authority doesn't make you a leader. I say doesn't make you a leader. Nelson Mandela was not a politician. He was a leader. Julius Nerere was not a politician. He was a leader. After they became leaders, they then became politicians. But unfortunately, what Africa is having is a, is a, is a generation of politicians who are not leaders. And one of the things I told the guy who has been elected, he's a young guy just my age. I told him, sir, one of the things you have to do is to transition from being a politician to a leader. Because there's a difference between a politician and a leader. A politician makes a lot of noise, but a leader leads. He goes ahead of the people and tells them this is the way. Walk in it. I told him as a leader you have to be an example. As a leader you have to be an example we can copy. We can't just follow you any howling. We need you to be a good example. As a leader you have to paint a vision. You have to show us where we are going. Stop making noise. Do paint a vision. Where there is no vision the people perish. I told him as a leader you have to allow us to buy in into your vision. Stop trying to manipulate us. Tell us what it will, how it will benefit us. And ladies and gentlemen, the leadership of Africa is in the house of God. I say it's in the house of God. I said it's in the house of God. And today I came to activate the gifts that are within you. I say the gifts that are within you. The gifts that you carry, the anointings that you carry, I have come to activate the gifts within you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, glory be to God. Sit down for a minute. The anointing. Oh, God. Tomorrow we're going to have a powerful anointing service. But I feel like I just want to lay a foundation. Please call your neighbors, call your friends, invite your enemies to church tomorrow. Hallelujah. We're going to deal with them. Bring your sisters because there's an anointing that is about to be released in this house. Can somebody say amen? amen. Your days of begging have come to an end. Amen. Hallelujah. May I prophesy that you shall not only, you shall, God shall not only help you to pay rent, but you shall be a landlady. Amen. I say you shall be a landlady. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. There's a grace on my life for prosperity. Amen. And before I go, we are getting some people here into the land of prosperity. Oh, your amen is a little bit suspicious. I said we are getting some people here into the land of prosperity. Whoa, thank you, Jesus. Somebody say amen. You are born at the right time. I say you are born at the right time. I say you are born at the right time. And we are breaking, Pastor Eric, today. The shame, I tell you, when you start talking... It was like you were in my notes, man. There's such a, uh, you know, such a grace where we are connecting. And Pastor Eric, the shame and disgrace of Africa. 
I don't know about you. Every time I see those boats with Africans on the Mediterranean, and then they have to go and climb a fence, and then dogs are released. And these guys are, you know, it's a shame, man. And yet they have left gold and coffee and tea and, and, and cocoa and all these good things, diamonds, to go to a, 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 to a nation like Spain, where I don't even know what is the raw material in, in Spain, apart from Barcelona. Is there another, apart from Real Madrid, is there anything else? Yeah, amen. And actually these nations have built their wealth from us. France would be a third world country if it wasn't for Africa. Today, it would be a third world country. And some of the African nations, Francophone, they still have their money stored up in, in Paris. And that's how they're able to whatever. The devil is a liar. We are changing that matrix. I say we are changing that matrix. I say we are changing that matrix. That's why I'm so, I'm so blessed by your daddy, Dr. Otterbill. Because he has stood out to speak and to... Come on, put your hands together and appreciate Dr. Otterbill. To speak to Africa. To arise. And today I come connecting with your father. And we are making an agreement that out of this congregation, we shall see the rising of reformers. I said we shall see the rising of reformers. Who shall bring a transformation? Raise your hand and shout, yeah. Ah, raise your hand and shout, yes. Hallelujah. Reformers are rising. I say reformers are rising. Out of this place, reformers are rising. I say out of this place, reformers are rising. Who shall bring a social transformation in your sphere of influence? Somebody say amen. This is the time. Sit down for a minute. This is the time. I said this is the time. Amen. amen. This is the time. You believe this is the hour? So position yourself. Somebody say amen. amen. And I came to pray with you because we want to position you. Glory be to Jesus. So listen, I can preach myself happy. And you know that I can. But I really sense I have an assignment. And the assignment is that we pray together. That God will locate you properly. Where you need to be in your prophetic destiny. So that in that place, oh Rika Lababushaya, there's such a glory of God in this place. So that in that place where God wants you to be, number one, there shall be proper location and alignment. And then number two, everything that has held you back shall be broken. And number three, you shall be able to advance in bringing a change in your generation in the name of Jesus. So that the next time I come and see you, you are telling me how you have three companies one in Singapore, another one in Japan, and another one in China. Somebody say amen. amen. That we shall not be looking to the West for help. The Bible says every good and perfect gifts come from above, not abroad. We are not looking abroad for help. We are looking up to God. And our looking up to God is not just, oh God, just bless me, my little children. No, no, no. We are looking up to God to bring a, a transformation. I say a transformation. Somebody say amen. amen. How many of you believe that you're called to do great things for God? Hallelujah. Yes, 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 yes. I have not been called to do some little things. We're going to pray in a minute. Sit down for a minute. Let me close with this. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Okay. What needs to happen so that you can enter this place uh, of your prophetic destiny? Number one and I'm going to do this in a few minutes, is that you must expand your mind and your mindset and your mentality. 
your mindset. One of the challenges we have in Africa is that we think too low of ourselves. We think too low of ourselves. We need to, you need to expand your mindset and your mentality. You need to get to a place where you believe that whatever it is that God has called you to do can have such a big impact that it's not going to just be a little thing in the corner of nowhere, but it shall be amazing. Today, I just read on the internet that the third richest man in the world is an Indian. Third richest man in the world is an Indian. Now, Indians for a long time have been looked down upon, but we are seeing them rising up. Because listen to me, there is no difference between our skin color. What matters is the way we think about ourselves. So the first thing you have to do is to have a mindset of a winner. You have to have a mindset of a conqueror. Somebody say amen. You have to shift your mind and stop looking out to the west for help. Your help is not in the west. Your help is in God. Somebody say amen. You have to completely shift your mindset. You have to completely refuse to be defined by your tribe, defined by your whatever, just be defined by God. He's the one that gives us our, you know, is the one who calls us by name. And by that name, the name that you are blessed, the name that you are favored, the name that you are lifted, that is able to position you into a place of great success in Jesus' name. Can somebody say amen? When we started the church uh, about 20 years ago, Pastor Kathy and I didn't have much going for us. We didn't even have any, you know, we just started. But you know one thing I said? I said I will never go to America to look for support from anyone. Now, in our country, I don't know about how to tell it easier. In our country in those days, I'm talking about 90s, they believed that until you have Western support, you cannot be able to establish a ministry. So people would go to with pictures, with pictures of kids who are starving to go and borrow money in America and to lie about what was happening. I said that will never happen. And today, to the glory of God, our properties are worth billions of shillings. To the glory of God. Somebody say amen. In just another a short, 20 short years. Why? Because my mindset, my mentality was one that had been changed to think like a kingdom child of God. Somebody say amen. You can drive the best, own the best, live in the best, enjoy the best. Wave your hands and say, that's me. The second thing that is necessary is exposure. Exposure. Expose yourself in the direction that you want to go. And exposure is one of the ways that you change your mindset. Expose yourself. Listen, if you stay in the village and all you do is see the village, you will build the biggest house in the village, but you will still look village. Are you hearing me? Expose yourself. Travel to nations. Go and see what is happening in other places. So that your mind can be changed. Exposure is critical for you to be able to arise and go higher. Pastor Eric, I used to take a, a, a plane. Fly to Dallas. To Bishop Jake's church. Sit in the balcony. Nobody knew me then. Now we are friends with Bishop Jake's. Sit there and watch what was happening for an entire week. And guess what? The, the preacher who, uh, or the person who I was staying with was a pastor. He would drop me at the church and tell me, what time do I come? And I say, he say, I say come at 6 o'clock. He goes and drives away. 
Why? Because to him, Bishop Jakes was familiar. To me, he was a midwife that God had assigned to release something in my spirit. Because what I wanted to do in Nairobi, I had not seen it in Nairobi. I had not seen it in Nairobi. So I had to look somewhere else. And guess what our church has become? Our church has become the standard bearer. In the city of Nairobi, people are copying us to be able to do what needs to be done. But I had to go higher so that I can be able to get a pattern that is higher than where I am. Can somebody say amen? So child of God, it's important for you to expose yourself. If you're a businessman, if you're a businessman, begin to see how you can do your business at the next level. How you can come from just doing, you know, your business in Ghanaian cities. And how you can start doing them in dollars and sterling pounds and Bitcoin. There is another level. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I say there is another level. And sometimes we despise the very people who can help us. Somebody say amen. You know, expose yourself. Expose yourself and don't expose yourself to people who are failing. Expose to yourself to people who are succeeding. Somebody say amen. amen. Expose yourself. Which is your area of your greatest challenge? In the area of your greatest challenge, somebody has conquered that challenge and come through it. All you need to do is to have the humility to learn from them and go higher. But unfortunately, amen, amen. Somebody say amen. Unfortunately, what happens? We are too proud. We are too proud. You see, there's a difference between humility and meekness. Well, there's a difference between humility and meekness. Can I tell you the difference? Humility is when you know you come before God, you're broken, and you're humble, and you are, and that's okay. That's humility. You know, humility is how you treat other people. You know, you don't you don't arrogant. You're not proud. You're just humble. You're a nice, nice guy, and you're not wonderful. And let me tell you, Ghanaians, you have the spirit of humility, and that's beautiful. It's wonderful. You're really, you know, I love it. And you know, God loves hum uh, humble people. The Bible says that God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. Somebody say amen. amen. And so that is very, a very important quality because it attracts God. But meekness is different. Meekness is the ability to be teachable. That's a different thing. Meekness is the ability to be teachable. Because not everybody is teachable, including even people who are humble. There are people who are humble, but you can never tell them anything. Never. You can never tell them anything. You tell them this thing is wrong the way you're doing it. They can never listen to you. You tell them the way you are handling your wife, your marriage won't work. They're too arrogant. You know, I'm Ghanaian. I'm Ghanaian. Let me tell you, when it comes to the things of God, you're not Ghanaian or Kenyan. You are a child of God. Somebody say meekness. And that brings me to number three. Number three is pattern your life after the word of God. Pattern it. Take your life and pattern it in, the, in line with the word of God. Your finances in line with the word of God. Your family in line with the word of God. Your ministry in line with the word of God. Your business in line with the word of God. Pattern your life after the wisdom of God. Are you listening to what I'm saying? That means that if God says you do it like this, that is how you do it. If God doesn't say it like that, you don't accept it. Why? Because one of the kinds of people that you can't help, you cannot help somebody who doesn't accept the word of God as the final solution for all their problems. 
Pastor Eric, it's impossible to help somebody who does not humble themselves to the guidance of the word of God. They think they know better in certain areas and they can be able to go over the word of God and do things their own way. It's impossible. Somebody say amen. amen. So whatever it is, if it's, it's, the, it's the word of God, that's why, that's why you, you, you come to a place where when you have received the revelation of the word of God, when you receive the revelation of the word of God, you refuse to allow any other worldview to change you or to detour you from what God has shown you. So, I don't discuss with people about tithing. The tithe. I don't discuss it. Because I have seen what the tithe has done in my life. And I have a revelation on the importance of the tithe. So, I'm not going to have a discussion on Facebook. Is it okay to tithe? Nonsense. It's high class nonsense. The tithe is legislated in the word of God. And it's one of those things that was not in the law of Moses. It started with Abraham before the law. It was just instituted or God put it there, firmed it up in the law. But before the law was, Abraham was tithing. Isaac was tithing. Jacob was tithing. All of them were tithing. He just put it there so that it's firm. And beyond the law, when you come to the New Testament, you still find Jesus talking about tithing. He says, not only do you give, uh, don't only give tithe, but go beyond the tithe and understand how to take care of one another. He actually rebukes the people who just bring uh, their money to, to, uh, to, to, to the temple. They are tied their money to the temple. And they say this, this one is separate. It's Corban. And they say Corban means that it's separated for God. But they're actually taking the honor they're supposed to be giving their parents and taking it to the temple, feeling they're more spiritual, bringing their, their offering to the temple. But that money is supposed to go to their parents. So Jesus is saying, you are following the traditions of men, refusing to honor your parents, bringing things into the the temple that you're supposed to be giving to your parents. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Somebody say amen. Button your life with the word of God. If God says you give, honor your parents. When the Bible says honor your parents, it didn't just say you, you, you know, you go and prostrate yourself before them. It actually meant you give them money. It means you give them money. How can your father be in the village, sleeping on the floor, and you're here in the city with a big car? It's a disgrace and it's a shame. And that's one thing that will bring you to a place of standstill. Your father must always be honored. And you must honor your biological father. No matter what he did to you. He's your father. Honor your father. Man of God. Let me give you my own example. My father and my mother divorced when I was 10 years old. And my father went out and became, you know, a crazy guy. Drunk all his life. Used to get good jobs, never took care of us, just went out. My mother raised us up with so much pain. And my mother was so upset with my father because our father would have given us a better life. But he chose to go and drink and waste his money on, on all manner of things. When I grew up, God gave me a revelation. He said, you're not going to break. I told you about the Cuna name. You're not going to break what has happened in your family until you go back and honor your father. I went and looked for my dad, who was a drunkard, but now money had finished. He was now living in the village. He was in misery. He was sick. I looked for him. I said, you are my dad. I said, don't even ask for forgiveness. I forgave you before you even asked. And I told him, from now until the days come to an end, I will take care of you and everything you need. I will bless you and I will take care of you. I went and paid his medical bills. The guy had already started to sell our land, you know. I said, anyone you have paid, has paid you for our land, please give them back their money here. Pay them back. 
This is our ancestral land. We paid them off back. I took care of him. I made sure he was okay. He used to come to church looking so good and looking so amazing. And I introduced them. Here is my dad. Nobody knew our history. But guess what? God honored me and blessed me. And the curse of our family was broken because I did the right thing. Can somebody say amen? I'm giving you stuff that is my own example. Please honor your parents. Somebody say amen. What am I saying, Pastor Eric? Pattern your life with the word of God. If the word of God commands it, please stop thinking like you can't do it. No, it's possible for you to do it. Can somebody say amen? Are you hearing what I'm saying? In Jesus' mighty name. May God bless you. May God watch over you. I'll pick up from here tomorrow and we'll continue here tomorrow.